Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 49 of Secrets of Shadowloo. Uh, we're in the Mrigonka section, and we're discussing the things on the surface of Mrigonka. All the sights that a visiting fighter or a tourist might see above the underground city of evil that we'll discuss later. But even up here on the surface, there's so much to see, and it's all so evil in different ways. The overall vibe of Mrigonka, I would say, is like evil Disneyland. No matter what kind of evil is your particular jam, you can plan a route around Mrigonka and have so many different, extremely evil experiences, all in a, a pervasively and oppressively curated environment that is nonetheless so much fun. I bring up the variety on Mrigonka because what we're going to talk about today is something that seems like it's from a totally different place. It's something that kind of connects to other elements of Shadowloo that we've discussed, but it does not fit neatly into the whole narrative of this island and this organization. Today we're going to be stopping by uh, what is called here the monastery, but I would prefer to call it by the name it's given on page 44 on the big island map, the Temple of Darkness. Quote, a corrupt group of monks from the Order of Perpetual Darkness live far above the ground in a massive temple resting atop a thin pillar. They are masters at channeling the powers of chi for dark purposes. Bison used to visit periodically to gain spiritual enlightenment and further his own powers. However, after the discovery that unleashed his psychic powers, Bison's visits have become less and less frequent. Yes, that's right. They were already on Riganka before Bison showed up. Quote, These monks are the very same ones who initially assisted in Bison in discovering the island, and, more importantly, the meteor. Although Bison no longer finds their services useful to his religious plans, he does allow them this modest eyrie as a place to meditate and enhance their arts. There are only eight monks remaining in the order, and Bison apparently has no plans helping this organization to grow. There's a picture of a monk on this page. I'm not going to bother putting it on Instagram. It's a bald man in a robe in a fighting stance. But there is a certain poignancy in seeing this picture because this is not just, you know, a generic thug, a generic ninja, a generic frogman. This is one of only eight monks of perpetual darkness. These monks are a critically endangered species, and there's so much we don't know about them. I want to talk about all the secrets of Shadowloo that we can't answer about this order and its monks, but first let's turn to the character sheet, also on this page, to get some grounding in what we do know about the members of the Order of Perpetual Darkness. Uh, first of all, their name on the character sheet is Evil Monk, so no shades of gray morality here. Some bald men in robes are good, these eight bald men in robes work for Shadowloo, live in the Temple of Darkness, and are known as Evil Monks 1 through 8. These are not nice bald monks. Their style is Lurdrit slash Kabaddi. Kabaddi, for those who may have forgotten, is the very mystical martial art practiced by Dalsim. It's very weird for a character to have two different styles in this game. In fact, it is explicitly against the rules. But even if this were allowed, I'd be confused by both of these style choices for the monks. Kabaddi is a mystical Indian style. Its write-up in the core book specifies that Kabaddi practitioners, quote, achieve such a state of mental tranquility that they never put their abilities to violent use except in self-defense. In other words, it is a martial arts style for good bald monks and should therefore be inaccessible to bad bald monks. 
and yet. And Lerdrit is an even odder choice, because Lerdrit was created by M. Bison to make use of his newfound psychic powers. But as soon as Bison developed those psychic powers, he stopped caring about the Order of Perpetual Darkness, and now seems to want them to die out. So I'm not sure why he would teach them Lerdrit or why they would learn it. Uh, they aren't great fighters, although they can punch and kick. Their special maneuvers are more magical shenanigans than actual combat techniques. Uh, they know Cobra Charm, Mind Reading, Regeneration, Psychic Rage, aka the Dreaded Poison Haze, and Telepathy, as well as a unique ability called Blindness, which is a maneuver described on the next page that essentially works like a, a sustained hold, like a bear hug or whatever, but it's a mental hold, and as long as you maintain it, then the opponent is blinded. The monks can only hold on to this for a number of turns equal to their intelligence rating, which is three. So, you know, perpetual darkness may be an overstatement for a magic trick that allows you to blind people roughly as long as throwing a blanket on their head. But whatever, who am I to judge? So we got these evil monks. We got their strange powers. It's not clear how they learned Lerdrit. I don't think there's any way they could have learned Kabaddi, but those are their two styles, which also shouldn't be able to happen. I don't know how they got to the island. I don't know how they knew about the meteorite. And let's throw one more unexplained discrepancy into the mix. Quote, the monks bear a strong hatred for the Order of Heavenly Unity. The leader of the Order of Heavenly Unity, Akazan, was once a monk in the Order of Perpetual Darkness until he betrayed them and convinced Bison that his new religious order would give Bison more power and influence in the world. While these monks are still loyal to Bison and would never act against him, they might consider aiding street fighters if they thought it would hurt Akazan or his false religion. So we've got some religious beef, between the Order of Heavenly Unity and the Order of Perpetual Darkness, which is only natural. The Order of Perpetual Darkness is an insular cult that has been here forever. Then along comes the Order of Perpetual Unity, all up in its space on the same island, putting on all kinds of airs, acting like it knows how to run an evil faith better than the Order of Perpetual Darkness. Naturally, they're going to fight. That doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me is that Akazan used to be a monk in the Order of Perpetual Darkness, but then broke off to start a whole new, overtly fake religion and Bison latched onto that. After all the Order of Perpetual Darkness had done for him, they trained him, they nurtured him, they led him to a magical meteorite. Not every religious organization is going to do that for you. I was raised in church. I was in that church for damn near two decades. You know how many magical meteorites they ever led me to? Zero. That's mainly why I left. But here's Bison, ungrateful. Now that he's got his meteorite, all that he wants, he kicks the Order of Perpetual Darkness to the curb. Except for Akazan. No doubt the squirreliest of these monks, who sells Bison on starting from scratch with an entirely new evil religion, when Bison already has a perfectly good, battle-tested, loyal, evil religion on the island in a looming castle atop a stony spire. You've got a lot of sunk cost involved with this Order of Perpetual Darkness, a lot of resources involved with that giant looming castle in the sky. And if you kick them out, what are you going to put there? That is a retail death spot. You got to put a little Caesars on top of a giant stone spire. Forget it. It's not worth it. People will stay home and make pasta. So I am very curious about M. Bison's whole thought process, jumping from the Order of Perpetual Darkness to the Order of Heavenly Unity. And I'm especially suspicious of Akazan's role in all this. Let's, let's keep our eye on this shady motherfucker Akazan, because we rarely, if ever, hear about the Order of Perpetual Darkness again. But Akazan is going to keep coming up. So we may never be able to crack the mystery of the order itself. But if we keep our eyes on the one evil monk who made good, I think we might be able to figure out what happened in these hazy early days of M. Bison's rule on Riganka. In fact, lucky us, 
we don't need to wait long to get a snapshot of how far Akazan has come from his evil, humble beginnings. Join me next time as we turn to Mriganka's other religion, the Order of Heavenly Unity, and discover some unexpected Shadaloo holdings on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>